Hello, Nomads, and welcome to episode 50 of the Nomads of Fantasy. Yeah, big 5-0. Um, my name is Eric, and I will be your host for this episode. And as always, I have with me David. Kill your cravings at the Circus of Values! <laughs> That was actually really fucking good. <laughs> Somebody practiced that. Really. I was going to say, you had to be practicing oh, that you. all day. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> and I have Brandon with me as well. I chose more. I chose the impossible. I chose rapture. Dun, dun, dun. Beautiful. Haunting. And joining us for this special episode is Mike from Games My Mom Found. We all make choices, but in the end, our choices make us. Aw. Beautiful. Love it. Um, if you happen to recognize these quotes, these are from the 2007 <laughs> video game Bioshock. Hey. Um, but we'll get to that a little bit later in Act 2. As always, in Act 1, we do our little catch-up section. So this time, see what we've been up to. Let's start with Brandon. Oh, uh, we always say it real quick. Well, it's going to be really quick because I've been playing Bioshock. <laughs> Same for me. And then, <laughs> and then our next, our following us. episode is going to be uh, an indie video game spotlight, I believe. So just, just yep. video games take up a lot of your time. And I don't know, I've been busy, you know, that's so. Mike knows. <laughs> I do plays know. video yeah. games for his podcast. Every yeah. Week. So honestly, like the only thing new to me is, um, I don't know if he's too young for this, but I, my kid Jack. He's been playing Plants vs. Zombies games, and um, <laughs> he's been playing Roblox. So I, I, he's pretty good with the first-person, third-person kind of stuff. And I'm very into Overwatch, and with Eric getting into it uh, not too long ago with us, and we're thinking about even playing again maybe after this recording, is I wanted him to play Overwatch and see how he does. And it was just cool watching my kid play a game, and I just, I've been watching him play. Well, he's it. got the – I mean, he's playing Plants vs. Zombies, so yeah. he's got the first-person shooter controls down, right? All- so. That's third. This game is much faster. Though. Oh, is it? Yeah. I forget how quick Overwatch I thought that, is. Okay. Hey, they throw you right in too. The battle for Navyville is basically Overwatch with a simple, simple roster. Yeah. I mean, as long as you got the the movement and the camera down, yeah. working those control sticks at the same time, yeah. you could figure it out. Yep. But uh, honestly, that that's it. Other than that, um, just jamming on these games for the episodes, though. Uh, all right, Dave, what about you? Uh, I also have not done much outside of Bioshock. <laughs> uh, chugging along with uh, Moon Knight. That one's going good. Still recommend that one. Not knowing anything about Moon Knight going in. Oscar Isaac's fantastic. Um, and is it, is it getting better as it goes along? Is it, you know, or is it like increasing in quality? Uh, I'd say it's about the same as where I started. It's up in the, I don't know. I'd give it like Is it one of the, the better... One of the better Marvel shows that has come to Disney Plus. Yeah, it's cool because it's I don't know like Egypt stuff, so you don't see a lot of that stuff. Anyway, it's like a Marvel meets the Mummy kind of <laughs> shit going okay, on. Okay, that's a good pitch. Uh, that makes me that makes awesome. me want to watch it. But it's still it's still got yeah. I mean, it's worth definitely worth watching. It's good. Um, like you're not going to get any. It's still got that Disney Marvel magic to it where. It's got the production quality, but it's also kind of kid friendly at the same time. But uh, yeah, that one's definitely good. So there's only six episodes in the season, so two weeks left, so not too bad. Um, and the other one I kind of wanted to give a little shout out to. This is 
a phone game, and it's not even a game. <laughs> Do you guys remember us old people? Back in the 80s, you had those, uh, they're like D&D books, choose your own adventure books, where turn to page, if you want to fight the dragon, turn oh, yeah. to love, 44. I love turn your, choose your own adventure. I don't think I've talked about this on here. If I am, you can just cut this all out again. But uh, <laughs> this It's actually an Android app. It may be on Apple as well. And it's got kind of the, it's called D&D style RPG. And that's in quotes, choices game. So it's basically a choose your own adventure novel where you're, and they've got different, um, I don't know what you call it, uh, series or whatever. So they have like a wizard series and a rogue series and a paladin series. And I, if you're going to get it, I would recommend just spending the 10 bucks. So you don't have to flip through ads and like, do all that kind of garbage because that's kind of super annoying. But uh, I, you know, I'm usually playing it before bed, reading a couple, reading a couple chapters, dying, casting some magic spells, having to go back. You know, it's it's more or less a an interactive D and D book, which I don't know. It's it's fun. It's lighthearted. It it gets kind of raunchy sometimes, which is kind of hilarious. But it does have humor in it too. So. Okay. It's definitely it's definitely an interesting read. It fits in that, I guess you could fit it into like that Vox Machina kind of style humor here and there. So, uh, if you're froggy, it's on the App Store. It's free to download, and you can just go grab it. D and D style choice game. So that's it for me. How about Mike? Well, I've been playing many games because for my podcast, I play a game uh, every week, sometimes two. But one game that I played recently that I want to recommend to everybody is Rise of the Tomb Raider. It's the second of the reboot trilogy, but mm. it's 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 a, it's a lot like how Uncharted plays, but this one has a lot less death arenas where you're just fighting, you know, 50 guys that all die and you go to the next room. It's a lot more about searching, salvaging supplies, salvaging ammo, and things that you need to craft. It's way, way better than it has any right to be. Is this the and third one? This is the second one. This is the second one. What and was you don't the, need to have played the first. The first one's called Tomb Raider. They just call it Tomb Raider 2013. And then the second one is Rise of the Tomb Raider. And then the third one Shadow is of the Tomb. Shadow. Yes. I love all three of these games. So please gush oh. <laughs> about it. I love these games. I was I went into it. like I, I enjoyed 2013 a lot, but I wasn't expecting anything big out of Rise. And then I went into it. I'm just like, this is amazing. <laughs> so yeah. highly recommend it. I haven't You're played gonna like any three. of the yeah, uh, Tomb Raider reboot series. I played well. I played like a couple hours, I think, of the the first one, and I, I don't know, I kind of fell. First off, one is a little bored of it. Really freaking depressing. And then, <laughs> She's getting yeah, the shit beaten out. Yes. everybody dies in that one. You just like literally everybody dies. Spoiler for a ten year old game, but yeah, that one's sad. But it's the decent. Yeah, the, these games are be- definitely better than they should be because you think. They've been make, pumping out these games for years and just, I don't know, like I, she passed her heyday and then when they redid it, I was like, okay, it's like Uncharted. That's obvious to make that comparison. They learned, but, yeah, they learned a lot. But he's right though. Like when you play Uncharted, they're gorgeous, but you're just slaughtering people and then you stop and do a puzzle. This is, there's more going on with the environment. There's more to do and I like it. And it's just fluid. It, it just feels good. It's a tight game. And the graphics get better over time, and they're—I think they all look good. But yeah, it could, it's just call. I couldn't believe how good the second one is of that series. Like I was not expecting that. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Oh, I also—I well, should mention—I played Burial at Sea too right before I did this. 
Oh, did you? I never very, finished oh, it. It's okay. good. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, I got to the end, mm-hmm. and I stopped when I was playing as as Elizabeth. Uh, right? She's that's the that's the second part of the yeah DLC. Where it, yeah, it's a completely different game where you're it's all stealth. Stealth, you stealth. Can't, yeah. It's really. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> it's only terrible when you don't know <laughs> that, there's a wheel and you end up not using any weapon because you think you screwed up and you just sneak up on everybody. Then it's yeah. then it's not as much fun until you realize you're an idiot and hit the right hit the wrong key all of a sudden. <laughs> that's what I did. Hmm. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. Both of those. Okay, so cool. there's a lot of Bioshock um, going on. All right, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, a lot of Bioshock. I'll keep I'll keep mine pretty short. Uh, I've been reading the Vader comic from 2017. Oh, yeah, um, sweet. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, Dave has recommended it. I know Mike you yep. recommended it as well. And I'm through like four issues, so still pretty early, but I'm really enjoying it. Like it just kind of bridges that gap a little bit. It's it takes place directly right after revenge of the sith so it's kind of a, a perfect thing right after we did our rewatch of revenge of the sith going into kenobi you know it kind of tells the story of how darth vader rose to power and everything but it's really cool because i didn't even think about like at this point in time nobody knows who darth vader is yeah the only person who knows who he is is the emperor like because there's one point in the comic where he goes to like this jedi outpost and there's stormtroopers there and they start attacking him because they just think he's like some stranger, like some Jedi <laughs> yeah. out of nowhere that survived or whatever. And like, it's ugh, Vader's just badass. In the in the beginning, like he is definitely you could tell he's not as strong as he is. You know, later when you get to like a New Hope and everything, like he's still kind of learning how to use his dark side powers and everything. And like he doesn't even have his lightsaber at this point. That's his first mission is to get a crystal uh, by killing a Jedi. So he can craft his lightsaber, and it's just it's really cool seeing that seeing that stuff realized because stuff I never really thought about before, like how did Vader get his lightsaber? You know, huh. so I don't know. That's just some cool stuff. Wait, you get farther because it's going to connect into Obi Wan with the Inquisitors oh, and stuff. I can't wait. So it gets it's going to get really interesting for you. Keep reading that. Okay, that's perfect. Yeah, that's a perfect and this is bridge. canon though, right? Uh, so if you're a Star Wars fan and you're yep. eating looking for more, this is an option. Yep, this is, yeah, completely canon, released in 2017. Um, I've been reading it on Marvel Unlimited, which basically you have access to, like, all the comics. There's, like, a three-month trial on Game Pass as a Game Pass perk that I picked up, so I've been reading that and, like, the Thrawn comics through there. So all the Star Wars comics are on there since, you know, it's owned by Disney now. They're under that Marvel umbrella and everything. So it's really cool. Um, So I've been doing that. The only, other th- the only other thing I watched, um, Don't Look Up on Netflix. Mm. Yeah, I never did uh, see that. Is it good? I don't. I I've was heard legit good. mixed things um, on this. Same. It's it's got a good cast. I mean, it's got Leonardo DiCaprio. It's got Jennifer Lawrence. It's got Meryl Streep. It's got Jonah Hill. Like there, it's a it's a pretty star studded cast. Yeah. And Leo is just fantastic as always in everything that mm-hmm. he's in. Um, it's kind of like a dark comedy sort of yeah. thing which is kind of funny very like political satire as well um i mean if you don't know the concept of the movie they're basically they follow these scientists leo is a scientist jennifer lawrence is a scientist they find this comet that's hurtling towards earth and it's gonna hit in like whatever it is three months i forget what the timeline is and they basically have to you know inform everybody find a way to stop it but it's i think it's a almost to a scary level like realistic 
of how the (laughs) modern day world would handle Uh, this situation. Like it's, it's kind of scary. And like Meryl Streep is the president of the United States, but you can tell, I mean, this movie was made during like the Trump administration. You can tell that she's supposed to be like the Trump kind of, uh, you know, parody there. Mm -hmm. So you can tell kind of, uh, how that was going, but it's a, it's a, like I said, it's almost to a scary level of how it would probably actually be if there was a comet hurling toward Earth that was going to. I haven't seen it. this. I've been told that if I saw, it, I probably would love it. And I also was. I think you would really I, like it. I mean, I know you're into space. Yeah, stuff and anyway, I like so. a good parody. You know, I like when somebody's doing some. It's like commentary on what's going on in our world. Mm-hmm. But, oh, but yeah. I also heard Idiocracy is kind of the same thing where. I should watch that. Idiocracy is funny too. Yeah, but yeah. it's like kind of making fun of what's kind of going on. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep, I recommend it. Um, just especially for the performances, like all of them were great. Uh, and it's you know there's some funny moments, but there's also some like you know realization moments that are like, oh wow, this is probably how it actually would be if this was happening in real life. So it's a good one. I would recommend it. Um, but. That was it for me. Uh, So we'll wrap up Act 1. And when we come back in Act 2, we will be talking Bioshock. Hey there, Mr. Bubbles. Bioshock, uh, released in 2007, published by 2K Games, developed by Irrational Games, uh, and other studios helped out as well. There was a bunch, a lot of hands in this game. Um, but yeah, we'll start like we always do with a little bit of social. I put out there just people's ask the question on Twitter at Nomads of Fantasy. Um, just your favorite memories of Bioshock if you played it. Uh, all that good stuff. Um, our good buddy, Jake Iveson, as always. Sure. Thank you, Jake. He said, Brandon, you'll like this. He said, Infinite was my first Bioshock game. Totally loved it. What an amazing story. Interesting. Mm. It was his first. Okay. It's funny because Infinite was also my first Bioshock game. I knew that, yes. Oh. Like a don't yeah. this. This, well, is, you, <laughs> this is like kind of with played, you and Jake. Did you guys trade games and movies dude, or something like that? I swear to God, we experience. have like the same experience. <laughs> Infinite was my first one. And I've never played any other ones. Like I said, this right. is the first time I've played through first Bioshock time in Rapture. 1. Wow. First time in so Rapture. So you haven't played Bioshock 2 yet? 
I have not played Bioshock okay. 2 yet. You no. should. I plan on it. That'll be, that'll be good. Um, also, uh, Kilton One says, The first Bioshock has an amazing atmosphere. You felt like you were in, in the world. Sound design on all of them is top-notch and helps the emergent helps the immersion i don't think you can go wrong playing any of them but one and infinite really hold up mechanically and story-wise um and then uh i just want to shout out listen if you haven't been following us on social on twitter or instagram at nomads fantasy you really should because brandon came up with these great designs of these little factoids um these Mm. little did you knows that we've been posting recently and we got a compliment on them um oh, Zach Jack said uh, yeah he just complimented us on one of the facts he said i knew the circus of values thing but never noticed the pac-man one that's awesome so the, i <laughs> well, posted a couple did you know i came up with the design but dave made dave those came ones. up with uh, these facts yeah. yeah um a couple of the facts the, that were referencing I didn't come up with anything i could listen hey <laughs> give credit for some take the credit for... Okay. No, the credit all we're I'm, saying is that we share duties and like I came uh, up with this art duties. file and then Dave knows what it, we That's used to duty. be in the marketing agency so we can do this shit yeah so Dave Brandon you know, does the design Dave does the facts and I the post them right? on our yeah I post yeah. them on our hey, social as a guy stuff. who worked in retail people googling that's a skill that some people do not have <laughs> like any, they do not have like hey how do I get to this store we'll just look it up in Google well, I don't know how you have a smartphone in your hand you dumbass like yeah oh my god dude yeah. The point is, if you're not following us <laughs> on social media, you should because we post some actual good content on there. So you should check ah. it out. It's uh, not just so, all butt jokes. No. So I just want to shout that out really quick. It's got to be half naked women on Instagram with tag podcast. That's how. That's what you do. <laughs> that's what if you want. do follow us, tell a friend. <laughs> tell a friend. Or if you're listening here, tell. Yeah, there's other nomads out there. Doesn't take. Doesn't tell take them much. They're not alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, Bioshock, there's a lot, a lot to talk about here. Um, but I figured, I mean, we could just start since I feel like the world is the star of the show here. Let's just do a quick kind of rundown and do a little bit of, you know, the world building and everything. Um, so Mike, if you want to take it away and explain some of the, the story elements of Bioshock, uh, that'd be great. And real quick, the guy who came up with the game, who wrote, who wrote it? Is that Ken Levine? Ken. Ken. Ken okay. Levine or Levine. Levine. Le- what is it? Levine. Levine. Oh, I just Jeff like when Keely I know. Th- says Levine. <laughs> yeah. I like when I know who made. It's like Ridley Scott or, you know, you just know Steven Spielberg. It's just nice that you know the guy that's behind the vision. He made one in Infinite and wasn't involved in two because he was working on Infinite. Right. Yeah. Well, two is my favorite. Interesting. Yeah. Two does not get the love it deserves. But. Uh, <laughs> The story of Rapture is very much hyper-capitalism, is one way to put it. The idea that this guy who wanted to do something that would have been frowned upon in society built a giant underwater city with the with the idea that everyone who comes here will be bright and great minds that will contribute to society. Anyone that would have been considered a loser or stupid is cast away and not involved in this utopia. It's a simple way to put it. Yeah, no kings... Uh, no gods, only only man. Is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow? <laughs> That's a good quote. That that would have been my quote if I wasn't hosting. Uh, but yeah, I mean Andrew Ryan, he's the one that created this the rap the rapture rapture, um, which is I mean an underwater city. Like just that setting alone is just intriguing. 
you know yeah. i feel like it's very unique like absolutely there's so. nothing there's nothing there was nothing like this in video games andrew ryan builds it he's like this russian kid struggling in russia moves to the united states and then he has his opinion on the world he has like some fortune somehow i forget Is how he russian? got it. yeah and then he changed I his thought name he was to... german uh, i thought it was that russian. i don't know i never looked that thought, up. And... i'm pretty sure he's german Oh, and he and then Google he will tell us he comes to United States of America <laughs> I, I and then he gets the, uh, keep going sorry oh well okay. correct uh, me on that born in the Russian Empire to a middle class okay. yeah Russo Brian was right Russo Jewish get out of the way Eric I, I could have <laughs> sworn they said documentaries he was German. and cut <laughs> videos uh well anyways no but he 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 was yeah he escapes from Russia he goes to the United States um and he gets his fortune I forget how he gets that. But he builds the the place in like like around Greenland or something like that, and and then he opens it up in 1949, right? And this is where yeah. he wants to be away from all the stuff he doesn't like in this world because he thinks if you get if you cut out government, if you cut out religion, petty let, morality. Well, that was his That's big the, downfall. Yeah, that was that the, thing, <laughs> the morality and what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he builds this whole thing and it kind of blooms. Yeah, he takes some of the sharpest, most creative people and gets them to go down there. But yeah, he wanted to create this idealistic utopia, you know, that's kind of away from all the plagues of the world, uh, like the government, uh, any threat of like nuclear war, all that stuff. Like, and, and what I learned in, in 19, like two years after that, that's when Fontaine actually comes in the picture because this is the pro, the, the antagonist basically. Ah. I'll get in spoiler territory in a minute here. But anyways, <laughs> Fontaine is this dude who um, kind of is like bumping heads. He kind of bumping heads with Andrew yeah. Ryan. And that's because the, this Fontaine guy, he had like another identity. And he kills the original Fontaine who just ran a fishery. And he takes his identity and he becomes kind of friends with Andrew Ryan who's communicating to him through the ocean. And he says, hey, I should open up my operation down there. And it's just his way to get down there. And he becomes a smuggler real quick to using his fishing thing to talk to the people up above. And that's kind of where he kind of, like I said, bumps heads with Andrew Ryan. And Andrew Ryan's like, all right, this guy is doing things differently than I am. Even though he encouraged this. He encouraged people to just be creative and push stuff. But he kind of I forget what it was that was like the drawing point. Maybe Mike, you know, but I Andrew can't Ryan, they cro- eventually something happened where like Fontaine is now the enemy and people had to pick sides. And that was really because the drugs that they were making, basically this atom that they found, these sea slugs in the bottom of the ocean give you, you know, like heals your body cells or brings it back to life or something like that. So like this one guy, you know, had like a missing hand or a finger or something like that. They, the slug somehow got was on there and it started healing. So they're like, oh, okay. Now, of course, <laughs> because there's no rules, morality down there, uh, you can kind of do whatever you want with science. And they're like, <laughs> we could really speed this up. If we Somehow we just figured out that, hey, little girls, if we inject it into their stomachs, like they'll produce like 30 times more atom right. on their they own. Just, and that lets people... Just- Go experimenting crazy. with all kinds of crazy shit and that's i mean a main theme of but the that game. was fontaine was doing that and ryan was kind of like all right whoa and they were clashing well, they already was... 
had the little sisters. It wasn't just Fontaine that was doing it. Andrew Ryan had the little sisters too. Oh, okay. It was, I think Fontaine was smuggling or he was breaking the laws because there were actually some laws, something, I forget exactly why they were fighting. I'm trying to look that up right now, but they were, like, they're fighting for a while. And if you play Burial, Burial C will explain, like, why, where Fontaine was during the beginning of, during a certain point of Rapture, like, why he's not there and things. That's all explained later, but yeah, it had to do with smuggling. Yeah. yeah while, oh, yeah. yeah. While you're playing through the game, you see, like, because they prohibit any contact with the outside world. It's mm-hmm. illegal, so as you're playing through the game and you're going through Fontaine Fisheries, you'll see, like, broken open crates of, like, Bibles and stuff that they're smuggling in, and you're not, you right. know, not allowed to have religion and stuff down there. But Wikipedia says that he basically influenced over the disenfranchised working class to like oh that's, that's, that's what it was that's how he got into like gaining his power and then eventually on that one uh i forget what year it was the new year's party <laughs> that's like that's when <laughs> shit hit the fan and they 1959 i think like 10 years later after opening basically yeah dude it all hit the fan and that's because yeah so ryan is like pushing the the guy who created this whole city this under you know he created rapture with this in mind that everything will be perfect and you know everybody will succeed but it really was like people are being favored and there was two kinds of people you were either rich or you were poor and fontaine the all right so in the so this he adam was stuff is addicting well yeah, but the, but the adam is too. yeah the atom is a drug. It's like crack, and it's going through <laughs> the whole city. And the rich can afford it, and the poor cannot, so they're fiending for it. So now they're getting crazy, and Fontaine is now like doing what he's doing, where he's getting it probably cheap and low and just pumping it out to people. So he's got people taking his side. So now you have like an army of angry people on Fontaine's side, and you have people who are kind of like upper-class, kind of protected elitists on Ryan's side. So when the party happened, they that's when Fontaine's people made their move. And then the game takes place in what sixty five or years later, the place is in ruin. Yeah, right? like yeah, yeah. At a certain point, Fontaine is air quotes killed in a shootout, and then that's when uh, Atlas, well, Atlas another guy under the name Atlas, yeah, but kind of arises. But I guess if we're listening to this, can we can we spoil things at this point? Oh, he came of out in 07. You should be good. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he really wasn't dead, and he used that other alias to, like, basically lead the revolution against Andrew Ryan, which was pretty successful. He's kind of pulling some (laughs) Emperor Palpatine shit, honestly, the way he's going about this, because he's like, the only way I can beat the Jedi is to, like, create Anakin through this slave woman in the Outer Rim in the hopes that he gets picked up by the Jedi, gets trained, I can take him and I can have him kill off the other Jedis and then I'll be able to take over the, while I do all this political shit. And that's kind of what Fontaine's doing. like, I can't just beat him as being Fontaine, but if I create this new kind of plan where like, all right, I'm going to be Atlas, but I'm also going to have this child that I've sped up like a clone because like this two-year-old kid is kind of an, a baby adult and they, they... that was That was the weird part. That's who you are. That, you're yeah, Jack, and this is who you are. And you're pumped out. You just snuck off out into the, like the surface of the planet, out of Rapture to raise. And then when they're ready to call you, they pull you in. And you know the whole airplane thing is all fake. Because you're also it's... Andrew Ryan's son too, I think. 
Yes. Yeah, okay. which I don't know if he raped this woman because he had her I killed watched, off. Well, I watched the the bad ending of it, and they do mention that you know he is the kid of Andrew Ryan in okay. there, but um. Because you come across the body of the woman, the your mother. Yeah, she was murdered. Okay. Hold on, I have it right here. Uh, <laughs> there's an audio log right next to her, and it sounded like she was just going to have sex, and then next thing you know, she's being... Well, no, you wouldn't kill her. Jack, you, no, you... Jack is actually Ryan's Ill- illegitimate son, sold by Ryan's mistress as an embryo to Fontaine. Embryo. That's what Who then had Tenenbaum and Sushong rapidly aged Jack into adulthood, turned into an obedient assassin capable of accessing rapture. So they kind of, I don't, I don't know what, how old he was when he got sent up to the surface to come back. I don't know he was, how long that was. He but. was only two, because when LaFontaine's talking to you at the end, he's he's talking about, like, you're only two years old when they sent you under the surface. <laughs> you're the closest thing I ever had to his son. Well, he was two years old, but they aged him rapidly. Yeah. So, I don't know. He was like, he, been, he said something like that. He's like the... M- I did find an audio log that was like, it's like two years old, but with the body of a 19-year-old. Yeah. Which, that's kind of creepy to think of <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's rapture i mean they put slugs in little girls and then they uh, go around and kill people and go hi angels and stab them with needles so, oh my god yeah all of this all of this is to say like <laughs> we've been talking a lot about the story and the lore and everything at the core of this game it's it's a shooter essentially so like mm-hmm. for the time Having the amount of story and lore and art and direction, what is it? And yeah, this world building and everything for a shooter, I feel like was unprecedented at the time that this came out. Um, like this yeah. was kind of you know revolutionary in that aspect because you didn't get that type of storytelling. Just the fact that we've been talking about the story and the the world of Bioshock for like fifteen minutes already, <laughs> like it's just yeah. insane the amount of stuff that they put into it. Um, right. Like, it's just that's just all what we talked about. Just led up to what the game kind of more or less right. is and is about. And because yeah, you're Fontaine, you're really. arriving to Rapture after the events of all yeah. this stuff has already happened. You're like getting there at the aftermath of everything, and you're just kind of. I mean, in the beginning, as the player character, you're showing up, and you. I mean, as Jack too, you're showing up, and you you don't know why you're there. You don't know what's going on. You just know that you're in this city, at the bottom of the ocean, and some weird shit's going on. <laughs> And then, you know, you got this Atlas character who's talking to you and you think he's your your friend the whole time. And like one of the definitely one of the biggest twists. Uh, yeah. In well, a game as well. But we can, not, you're we can making me want to actually talk not, get right into like actually the <laughs> intro of the game, because I think that's where some yeah. of the most memorable stuff is. Because I mean, the, the intro is iconic. The first sure. couple hours is like, yeah, some of the most memorable setting of a game that there is. Um, Just when. I mean, well, the plane crash sequence is great when you're, you know, floating in the water. It look, I mean, this game came out in 2007. Granted, I think we all played the remastered version, if I'm yeah. That's what guessing I correctly. Okay, good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a game that came out in 2007 looks fantastic still. Um, you, like, just the that shot when you see the lighthouse, you know, the first time you see it with the moonlight and, like, the fire and the water, the reflections on the water and everything. Like, oh, yeah. From the dude. first shot of the game, it looks beautiful. And then once you get in the elevator going down to the rapture, like, that shot right there. Like, all of, once, all when of you first that. see the city, yeah, underwater, it's like. At the great reveal and all that stuff. 
it's fantastic and you're hearing Andrew Ryan talk it's just it's <laughs> definitely well done well paced I think it's very iconic to the point where they did it in two and three I'm trying to remember two I know they did it in the third in infinite that's kind of like their Star Wars intro if you have to have these things there'd be an intro to one of these things I am Andrew Ryan and I'm here to ask you a question is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow. No, says the man in Washington, it belongs to the poor. No, says the man in the Vatican, it belongs to God. No, says the man in Moscow, it belongs to everyone. I rejected those answers. Instead, I chose something different. I chose the impossible. I chose Rapture. A city where the artist would not fear the censor, where the scientist would not be bound by petty morality, where the great would not be constrained by the small. And with the sweat of your brow, Rapture can become your city as well. I watched I watched um, the entire the entire director's commentary for this, uh, which is almost two hours long. Uh, I mean, throughout this ver remastered version of the game, you can find like these uh, whatever these director's commentary tapes, and you can play them in the menu after. Uh, I just looked up a cut on YouTube that kind of smashed everything together into one thing, but there was some really interesting stuff there. Jeff Keighley was interviewing Ken Levine and Sean Robinson. Um, both worked on the game and there's just some some really cool stuff behind like the concepts and the genesis of rapture um they really wanted to create a world that was believable and they needed a reason for people to want to come to rapture and a reason why it exists which is why they created so much lore and world building behind it because this world needs to be believable and you need to you know as a player, you want to know why this world exists and why you're here. So that's kind of the, the whole mystery of the game that you're trying to solve. I, I don't know throughout. if you worked on it, but this is also a big homage to the System Shock series, right? Yeah. That's kind yep. of what started Levine, in the 90s. Same yeah, guy. Ken Levine same guy? was okay. on System Shock. Yep. This is okay. kind of a spiritual successor yeah. to the System Shock series because they made, they made System Shock 2, which was critically... A critical success but a commercial failure um like they didn't really sell any anything PC in that only game. i remember i think so yeah. at first ken levine was kind of reluctant to make this game because it was kind of you know it's it's sort of related to the system shock series and the, the second one was kind of a flop so he was at the beginning he was a little bit reluctant but his team was so excited about making it that they went around to all these different publishers trying to pitch it but it kept kind of getting shot down and the story of how it came about is really interesting because usually how it goes, they pitch their game to a publisher and then they buy it and then they do the marketing, but they started with the marketing first. Oh, so like that like, trailer dude. So they like went to, yeah, they went to an editor in GameSpot who is a, like a super fan of the system shock series. And he wrote a whole article on Bioshock and everything. And then like the publishers started to get interested in wanting to work with them. And that's how they kind of landed the 2K deal. So that's cool. It's pretty, that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. I bet they're happy they made that deal. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so yeah, we've talked about the the lore, the world building. Let's talk about the actual game and the, the gameplay. Um, I don't know. This is my first time playing it. Uh, overall, like I said, I think the the star of this game is certainly the world and everything. It playing it now for the first time, it feels like a game that was designed in two thousand seven. Um, that was my main gripe with the game. Like, I don't have a lot of gripes with this game. Like I said, overall, it's a positive experience, but a lot of it was like you said, Brandon, we were talking about it in discord. It's kind of go here, kill people, go here, kill more people, cutscene, And then just, you know, you kind of repeat that cycle. Cutscenes. I didn't get any cutscenes. I mean, they, you had the Andrew Ryan cutscene, <laughs> and like, yeah, I'm just you know, the cutscene. It's all the in, it's all in world stuff. But it's yeah. yeah. Most of it. Yeah, there's there's very few pre-rendered cutscenes besides like the beginning and the end, but uh they don't stop the action much. They let no. you keep going with what you're doing. Which at the time was also kind of revolutionary. Like usually you were like thrown into a cutscene that was like a pre-rendered yeah. video. Yeah. It felt or like Half-Life so. Half-Life 2 kind of. That's what it felt like these yeah. this game. These games in general, these BioShock games kind of feel like those games. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And I'm not saying that the shooting and like the using the plasma totally playable today it's fun to play absolutely it's it's just not like i liked like the variety of options that you had for combat is like is pretty awesome like the variety of powers and guns and everything you would see ice you would see doors that are frozen and i could use my ignite ability and i can melt that ice now i can open the door but if if something is on fire on the ground i cannot freeze it it yeah. drove me nuts. <laughs> but, yeah, there was a, they did a couple elemental things, yeah. like you can use your electroshock to, you know, shock people in water. Um, like you can you said, open no, doors with it. Yeah, you can in there. You, use your telekinesis to like throw back the rockets, you know, from like the turrets or yeah, like, the, sure, the, yeah. The oh, guys. I never did. That. I did that. I, I guess the turrets. Yeah. That that like clicked with me when I was already like ten hours within the game. I'm like, I bet I could use my telekinesis. <laughs> was it to in stop. the library? Stop these fucking turrets. Probably around that's there. That's where it I might have did been it before, towards the end. I but, was like, that's where I was like, <gasps> but yeah, because I was like, dude, these turrets suck. These rocket turrets, I'm, they like kick your ass. I like to electrocute. Like, I yeah. hacked everything. Anything oh. with your computer in it, I just hacked, hacking, baby. Hack the shit out mm-hmm. of it. Same. Let's, what do we think about the hacking minigame? Personally, I love it. I, I hacked every. I hacked the shit out of everything, and I got really good at that hacking minigame. I didn't hate it. <laughs> like, I didn't I didn't hate it, but I wasn't like, I wouldn't say I loved it. Yeah, I'm kind of, I mean, I do, I like it, but I don't love I think, it. Like, it's really annoying sometimes when, if you don't have the kill. right, if you don't have the right perks. I think it was easy in the beginning, it got really hard in the middle, and then it got really easy at the end again. Because okay. you get these perks that like remove four alarms or something like that. There'd be times yeah, where like a lot of the hacking perks on. The thing that you I remembered was that you can't die from being electrocuted from hacking, so you could just keep trying it over and over. And yeah, over that's again. funny. Just remember to heal after that because you get shot by like yeah. one freaking little thing. Yeah. <laughs> you're screwed. But or like, a, like if you or if you fail a hack, it'll trigger the fucking alarm and the bots will start coming in. Oh, oh man, they don't stop that shit. I hate those things. This? It's not too bad sometimes. Like I sometimes you get caught on purpose by a by a camera, and then it sends the things at you. You electrocute them. You hack the turrets, or you attack the little things, and you have like little buddies that follow you. I love that's my, one of my favorite things about yeah. Bioshock. I should, probably should have done that more. Like I I did that a little bit in the beginning, but <laughs> I sh- I definitely should have done that more. It's I, handy. I should have. Yeah, I should have took more advantage of some of that stuff. 
it helps yeah. way more than you realize. Because I didn't do it my first playthrough, but when I played it for this episode, I took pictures of everything, and it it really makes a difference. Dude, yeah, I I love I do really like that camera mechanic. I didn't use it as much as I should have. You get, you get a like lot. you get like damage bonuses and stuff for certain yeah. enemy types, right? And like you know their weaknesses and everything. Up to so oh, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I should have utilized that a little bit more to make it easier on myself, but I I never really think about it. And like, it's sort of annoying. You have to like switch to the camera, and then you you're unarmed essentially, and then you have to take a picture, switch back. So I never yeah. really took the time to to do that. I was always just kind of running and gunning with everything. But but they do it will unlock tonics as you get to like certain. There's like three levels of each I don't know, enemy type that you take pictures of. You get bonuses, you get tonics, and then you get another damage bonus. But then you can get a tonic later that like increases the damage bonus even further. Hmm. So you become a you can get to be a pretty nasty man, pretty nasty right. photographer. Well, um, yeah, I I tried to, I probably used uh, the electroshock plasma the most. I feel like I was yeah. kind of leaning on that a little bit because like you can shock the enemies to stun them, you can shock the cameras and the turrets to disable them. So I was. That's the main one I had. Obviously, like, there's electric enemies later in the game where you can't, it doesn't affect them, they're immune to it, so you have to kind of switch up your stuff. But there is, there are so many plasmids in this game that I, I didn't use, like, the majority of them. The I only one? used a select few. You didn't get the bee swarm? I did get the bee swarm, but I didn't really use <laughs> no? it that much. That I don't, yeah. that weird. It's really good. If you, if you upgrade it, you can then have, kill people with the bees, then they become a bee bomb. So when people run by them, the bees attack them and then just continues the cycle. That's pretty cool. A lot of people I've met like it. I just have never used it. I played on easy, so I honestly <laughs> didn't have to go beyond the shotgun oh. or the okay. pistol, lightning bolt, and using my turret buddies. See, and that I was it. I didn't use easy. any grenade launchers. I didn't use any of the napalm. I didn't use any of that stuff. What? I had to use, I didn't I, need I to had to use, use all that all. shit for my for the big daddies, man. Same. Even on easy. Oh, I electric electric buckshot. Boom, 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 down. Yeah. That's, Dude, yeah. Just get right up to boom, boom, I, boom, uh, down. Uh, I, I don't know. This was my first playthrough, so I felt compelled to play it on, like, the rec, quote-unquote recommended, so I'd play oh. it on medium. Oh, that's much of a scavenge. Um, yeah. So it You're was a little bit tougher. For ammo then, right? I don't got time. Yeah, that's what I was. I so. was I was running out of ammo a little bit, actually a lot towards I the was, end, especially because yeah. like at the end they're just throwing enemies at you left and right. Like they they don't stop coming. True, that's um, true. Yeah. Especially when you're going through that last area. Uh, what is it? Apollo Center, where you have to go to the three different places to get the big daddy parts for the big daddy suit or Pro- yeah. Prometheus. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like they. They just fucking the enemies will respawn too if you hang out too long. They'll keep yeah. coming at you. That's why it's nice so, to hack the hack the turrets, hack the cameras, because then they'll come back. You'll hear shit going like on in like a couple rooms over. You'll be like, oh yeah, my my boys are doing some work over there. I have never hacked a camera because as soon as I see them, I have to blow them up. Because like you were saying earlier, Same. I hate the bots. I don't. I understand do. I hate. The, I hate when, the, be okay with when the security alarm the 60 comes. Sixty second countdown. Fucking it does suck. Especially at and you like you can try to hide in a corner. And they will find you. It doesn't matter yes. where you hide. Or like, <laughs> yeah, I have the the camouflage con- tonic, and you just stand still. You turn invisible, and they just fly around you. They don't know where you are. Oh, see, I didn't. I don't I even was, think I got that one. The camouflage, yeah, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. I was playing on medium too, and I ended up running low. I had to buy a lot of ammo. One thing Same. I did towards do the end. towards the end, which I thought was kind of like I've never tried this before, but 
switched out all my tonics for like I had one that gave me health for beating people with a wrench. I had one that increased wrench damage. I had one that increased wrench speed. And I just went through and I just brutalized everybody. I could just walk up to anybody and just crush them with a wrench and end up coming out with more health than I did before. So it's a, it's a, that's, it's a good build. It is a good build there. But you can play this game so differently with all the different plasmas. Yeah, like that's what I was going to say. Like, I like don't, each yeah. of us played the game kind of yeah. differently. You know, I don't like, use the wrench. This playthrough, I, I never shot used it. everybody. Yeah, I never used it, <laughs> and, except at the beginning. Um, but yeah, it, they were talking about, they were talking a little bit about that in the director's commentary too. It, this game started out more like towards the RPG side. Like there's some RPG-ish elements in this where you can upgrade your abilities and assign you know you can like we said we can have each everybody have their own different like builds you know like with the plasmas and the tonics and all that stuff um but they they made the shift they took out a lot of the more like they didn't want people spending time in menus adjusting their characters constantly and everything so like you can only do your adjustments at like the gene swap machine like you're not going into menus while you're in game and swapping your stuff out so like they wanted to keep you in the action so i thought that was a good a good shift um but like you said like the different builds that you can have in this game are are pretty insane i like a game that stands the test of time not only because of the art that's like the obvious thing like it's stunning the illustrations are beautiful the art deco the style advertisements on the wall everything dave's opening quote was like that silly sound effect but that to me screams bioshock when you hear it dude it's stuck in your head you know like the the moaning of a of a big daddy walking around is so iconic to me (laughs) you know and it gives me chills even though i you really gotta be like on their freaking toes for them to get mad at you i played on easy might be a little different brandon i was gonna bring this up i'm surprised you love this game so much i mean this game i it's not struggle finishing every time i play i've played it this is probably my third playthrough it's and not a horror game, but there's some it, scary moments. It's, uh, uh, yeah, I thought about this. I don't do scary at all, but I, it's... I feel the atmosphere of just what's happening is horror. Like, the yeah. gameplay yeah. isn't, but... The violence I mean, coming up, maybe. Yeah, what you're, what they're doing, like, the fact that they're taking these drugs and making these people into, like, superhumans, and people are trying to kill you at every turn, everything's ruined, and... Yeah, it's definitely, like, The horrific. horror element, but you have complete control to do things, and you're not handicapped by controls mm, or true. You, you have all the equipment you need. I mean, you can just with a wrench kill everybody if you want to. Just fine. Yeah. It started out yeah. more like lean towards the horror side too, especially with like the enemy designs. Like um, all the splicers in the final game are just basically humans that are jacked yeah. up on this stuff. But originally the designs were more of like grotesque, like monsters. Um, so like originally the Adam was supposed to act as sort of like a physical, like it would physically deform them or like give them a physical enhancement. Uh, so like if they injected themselves, they would get like a huge ass arm and, you know, That's cool. Th- yeah. So like they, they shifted a lot less, you know, like the horror side. Cause as they were designing this stuff, they kept saying like, you know, as they made them more horrifying, they, they started to get less and less believable. So they just ended up making them humans hmm. instead of like these weird monsters. And another thing, I don't know if you guys checked out the museum at all um, in the remastered version, but they have like a lot of like the designs, character models and concepts art that were, you know, kind of scrapped. Um, so in there, the, the little sisters 
Um, they were originally like the gatherers, and they were like these little slug things. I remember this, and they weren't charming. So, you, so it's obviously they weren't. Would... They wanted them, yeah. They wanted them to be like empathetic, but you can't be empathetic to a fucking slug. So they made them little girls instead. And put then, the slug yeah, in the, the girl. Bi- there you go. You're good. <laughs> then the big bit daddies are like the protectors of them and everything. So. But yeah, there's some there's some cool stuff in there. In the the, uh, the big daddies are cool. I want to talk about them real quick. So Doctor Su Chung, it's, this yeah. guy with Tenenbaum, right? They they were like she's the one that discovered the slug, and uh, she's like a genealogist or whatever, like DNA genes. Yeah, yeah, and Placing. yeah, and her and Doctor Su Chung, they kind of go to Fontaine with the stuff and he's funny them like crazy and they do all the stuff with the little girl, uh, the little sisters and they take the uh, big daddies and they're basically just human workers and they basically meld them together with their suits. So they're just in them forever and they break them up into two kinds. There's rosies and bouncers. So the rosies are the ones that would did the windows, they riveted the windows and all that stuff. And- you know, Rosie had a rivet gun. Rosie the Riveter. Yeah, I, I picked up on that. <laughs> not, yep. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the bouncers, they did the deep sea digging and stuff like that. It broke up the rock and stuff like that. The drills. So, so that's why there's two. Um, and I don't oh. know if they were just leftovers, but when shit was getting crazy, they, the the little sisters needed to be protected by the big daddies. And it was hard for them to, to uh, create a bond. But they got it. And uh, maybe you guys know this. I don't know, but... But they got them to, to have so much of a bond that uh, I think Dr. Su Chong, there's an audio log that I've listened to where he's like working on something. He's talking to the recorder. He's trying to record something. And one of the girls keeps trying to interrupt him. Mm-hmm. And he's like gets annoyed at her and he slaps her. And then a big daddy gets upset and instantly kills him. And that's what kills him. But he's like a total Damn. dirtbag because he, he knows that he's killing people with his experiments and f- doesn't care or feel bad about what he's doing to these little girls where um, Tenenbaum, she actually does. She starts to regret and feels bad. So that's why she's helping Jack, the main character in Bioshock. It's like, I want to right the wrongs of what I, I've started here. Well, I want to save these girls. Clinical trial protector system. Plagiarism lot 255. Dr. Su Chong, client Ryan Industries. Very frustrating day. I can't seem to get the damn big daddies to imprint on the little brats. The protection bond is just not forming. Papa Suchong. Kick, kick it away. Uh, maybe if I modify the genetic sequence. Shush, sure. The sequence to allow for. Get away, you filthy little shit! What? You need to play very I just I, I need to finish record. it. I have played yes, it because yeah. Okay, so you because what you're describing that audio log that's in very let's see they talk about that. Oh, sweet. Two. That's all I'm okay. gonna say. Okay, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're talking about big daddies. Um, as a gameplay element too, they're really interesting because I mean apparently they started out with just like regular like money and treasures and everything they weren't so there was really no incentive for the players to fight them but like the way that they designed them in the final game like the only way that you can get adam is by fighting the big daddies and either harvesting or 
saving Smart. the little sisters. Smart. So yeah, it, it, they're basically, you know basically like a mini boss around, fight you hear it, you feel every it. time you encounter one. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, all right, I'm going to go follow the arrow or maybe I stop. You can hear the moaning. You can yep. yeah, feel the footsteps it's and like everything. It's deafening so you, too. You're like, where the fuck is this thing? That's one thing with the, the sound. Like the sound is, is good. It's creepy, but like you can tell it's older because... Like, Some of the uh, sound, sound doesn't spatial stop at audio yeah, it doesn't, is not good. Like a person could be on the other side of the thing, but they could sound like they're like five feet away from you. And that's one th- yeah, that's one thing I kinda you can hear the big daddy's way far away and he might be like halfway across the level. Yeah, I was constantly think there was that. enemies like behind me, but really they were like one floor down or like five rooms away. Mm-hmm. Oh, running through water? Especially in the remaster, I don't know if it was with the original, but with the re- I don't know. I was with my headphones. I thought somebody was behind me because I'm like, I, dude, it's yeah, like, it's I don't off. know if it's if it's the remaster, but the mix is very off because yeah. the audio logs and like Atlas talking to you was very very quiet. Yeah, I had to like, turn everything yeah. else down. I turned the subtitles on because I couldn't fucking hear what Same. they were saying. Oh, yeah. I didn't have that problem. Yeah, it's weird. I don't yeah. know. I was playing on PlayStation. Well, I was playing on PlayStation Five, so you know, okay. get the the sixty FPS thing, which was nice. Steam. Steam okay. Version. And I know Brandon okay. and Dave, you guys were playing on Xbox. Uh, Xbox. Yeah. You had a lot of problems with crashes too. We were crashing a lot in the third act. So annoying. Yeah, up so to and at, or, and right after uh, dealing with Ryan. Um, yeah, Dave hmm. lost like an hour of progress one time. Like, twi- yeah. like twice. Because the, the Fuck. shitty. It crashed when I went to save my game before I was like going to bed. Ugh. I'm like, oh. save this game. I'm done for the night. Same. And then when yeah, I went to load, when I went to load the save, it was corrupted, so I had to jump back to yeah. my previous save. At least you had one. Yeah, thank yeah. you. If that so. happened to me and I wasn't playing for the podcast, I'd probably probably just be like, I'm done with this game. Like I can't handle this. <laughs> it is that's something you'd never want. <laughs> it's like, discouraging. The, you don't want it in the back of your player's mind. You don't want them to have to worry yeah. about that. Like. And then when you when you do have to go and save it after like every little thing that you do, it takes you out of the game because you're staring at a loading screen for 15 seconds or whatever. So, yeah. Well, after you guys were talking about getting crashes, I started saving like every time <laughs> something big happened or I completed a big sequence because I'm like, I don't want I don't want to do that again. I, didn't but I never problems. got a crash. Yeah, I never I didn't have any problems. On and I played it either. twice, um, you know, in the last year, at both Steam versions and. Nothing. I had no huh. crashes, no audio issues, nothing. It must ran. just be something with the Xbox could be my, version. Could be my old X. It's a One X too. It's not very okay. Good. Well, Brandon was playing on a Series X, so was, yeah. But it, this game in 60 FPS is really nice. Oh my god, it's so much still. better in 60. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah, the art direction is really good. Uh, yeah, the audio has issues in the mix, but the audio direction, like the art direction, the creative direction, everything. Yeah, like the, figured out and it's. Such different and diverse like biomes in this game. Yeah, it never gets like, boring. The, the villains, frolic, the bosses they yeah, had. Arcadia with like the forest. Uh, Arcadia, I think, was like my favorite, like from a visual standpoint to look at. I think that mm-hmm. was like the forest place with the trees and it everything. Is. Like I thought that place looked re- really, really good. And then you had the shift where they kill everything. So even like within itself, it's a different visual style halfway through. And then you gotta kind of restore the trees and everything. Like. I thought that environment looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'll, so we were kind of complaining about some things. I, there are some complaints that I do have. I don't want to hit on this game, but I, I do no, want to say there's one thing that it did bother me, <laughs> and is I could see the development issues as I played it. Not probably because I played this game like three times over or whatever, but I can see an unfinished game. 
Well, there's no fucking way. How so? There's no fucking way that the game that they make in the first opening couple of hours is is exactly what they wanted to do. And then you look at the end of the games, like that's exactly what what we wanted to do because well, it felt I'm sure. rushed. After you Dude, kill I'm off sure, yeah. Ryan and Fontaine takes over, yeah. it's it seemed like a. I think it's becomes a B game. I thought well, it was an A quality game until that happened. And the way that Ryan gets killed off, it just seems so quick and convenient. And then it's almost annoying. Like, Ryan is a great a- antagonist. I thought Fontana was annoying and cheesy. That is a big to. change. Like, when you, when it does, you are right. Like, when it does, a lot of people have commented, like, once you, once you kill Ryan and you get past that part, the game isn't the same anymore. Cause, well, one Atlas isn't, you know, isn't the same after you have that big cliffhanger that we haven't mentioned yet. It, right. It's not, there's something about the game that it loses some of its luster. I mean, I still love the gameplay, but it does, there's mm. something that isn't this, it doesn't feel the, as that same jarring as it was, and it just kind of like, kind of starts to putter out a little bit at the end. The final fight, too, like, it the just final felt... fight was so fucking easy. I was just it was so say bad. It. <laughs> It was, was not. It was not a good final boss fight. Like no. I, I kill. I've killed him in like two minutes. I'm like, oh, that's it. That's and the then end the of the video game. at the end. is just like everybody grows old, and you video get older at the end was kind of cheesy. With when you have the good ending, which I mean, did you guys? I'm yeah, assuming yeah. everybody rescued all the little sisters. Yeah. I rescued them all. Yeah. I have to. I can't. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I Even didn't. Though I wanted the achievement for killing them, I just. I got them. I'm going to kill them this playthrough. Oh, save. I just nope. yeah. I think if nope, you kill, if you just kill one of them, I think you get the bad ending. Yeah, I, I think you have to do them. all of them. I have to save them all. Yeah, but what you said you watched the bad ending, Dave. What what happens? So it it kind of is like it, it's the same beats where it's like you know they offered you rapture and you did exactly what I thought you would. You were a horrible person, and then like you see. You see a Russian, a, a submarine come to like pick up the remains of the airplane. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, all these bathospheres start popping up in the water, and splicers, splicers. jump out and start murdering everybody. And That's then you cool. basically take over a nuclear missile and become a nuclear warlord. Well, that's hmm. kind of cool. Yeah, it's the other was... end of the spectrum because <laughs> you killed one little girl. The the thing there is that so Andrew Ryan did not like that the nuclear uh, weapons were created. He was against that. Hmm. He didn't like that people were using science to destroy and to shut other ones up. Oh, you have this belief and you believe this? Well, I don't believe you and I'm stronger and I have the science and technology to blow you up. And he thought that was the wrong use of, of science. Well, so he was actually against that. that. For So for that to happen, that's fine. I mean, it's... I'm kind curious of how, bit, how, how different the rest of the playthrough is if you decide to uh, harvest the. Well, it's easier. You're more powerful. Because they're, yeah, you're more powerful. You're but like weaker. some of the, well, some of the like scenes, because you end up after you do the whole Andrew Ryan sequence, you end up at Tenenbaum's like bunker or whatever. Yeah. Um, and she's talking to you. I wonder if that cutscene is different because. She's probably, kind of thanking you, like for yeah. like, saving all these little sisters and everything. There's probably so. less little sisters around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so, I was curious about that. I mean, I like that there's two different endings. Um, but apparently, originally there was gonna be like three. There was gonna be a good one, a bad one, and like an ambiguous one. If you like killed some of the little sisters, but they decided to cut. This that game out. has one of my pet peeves. 
and I, I've only gotten it over time. I didn't really, it didn't really bother me back in the day, probably because this wasn't a thing. But, Child but when actors. you play, yeah, when you're, when you're, yeah, how do you <laughs> know? Really? Like when, <laughs> you're Jack. You're Jack. You talk on the airplane, right? At least I think it's you talking, but like you're talking on the airplane. You're looking at photos. You're smoking a cigarette, and then the plane crashes, and then you don't talk for the rest. I mean, of the he's movie. basically a silent protagonist. But like. Why? I don't like that. I think that annoys me when to play Grand Theft Auto online. Especially when or you're like a Red named, when you're a named talk. character, like in the story. I agree, you should talk because, like, if you're, I, I can understand why if this is like an RPG and you create your own character and like you have ownership over that character. But this is, you know, this is a character in that game that well, exists in the world. Yeah, maybe, maybe the note said. Would you kindly shut the fuck up when you got done reading the note before you started? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> no, it's true. Done. Just obey. Don't say anything. <laughs> what does he say? A man chooses. A slave obeys. During the big, yeah. the big Andrew Ryan murder scene. I think it just. Let's talk about that. That twist. era. Well, one thing I want to say. Just okay, that era too. It, yeah. Like 2007, 2006. I feel like you had more silent protagonists. Because you had Halo was so big at the time, or, you know. So I think Look they at were Dead trying Space. to. Yeah, like yeah, Isaac Dead doesn't Space. say anything. Right. He, well, better. he does. Does he talk in the beginning cutscene? I, I think don't he think might. He talks at all. I think he just. No, yeah, there. I think he grunts and, and yeah, you know does what? some shit. Dead Space one of the best games in the series because he doesn't talk. <laughs> I know Dead Space <laughs> yeah. is really good, but I love. I love Half Life. He doesn't Dead talk Space either. Good. Yeah, yeah. So Silent protagonist. Yeah. Or Portal. I play way too many retro games at this point. Like yeah. it's a, it's an era thing. I think with yeah. Jack and Bioshock One, and they were trying to ca- like because you look at Bioshock Infinite, Booker doesn't shut up. He talks a lot. He talks the whole time. But it's more of at this time they were trying to make you're the player, you're the character, and since you can't talk and we don't have that ability, we're just gonna not let you talk. Like, same thing like many great games, Crown Trigger does. So it's kind of that that this era too. I feel could also okay. be. Um... I'm glad that I watched the director's commentary because I do appreciate this game a lot more from like a design standpoint and how they, you know, created everything could also be a budgetary restriction based on what they were saying. Cause like at the time, like their team was relatively small, like in terms of today's uh, game development team sizes. So they kind of had a sort of restricted budget, you know, so maybe they just didn't want to have another voice actor doing everything. But that's just well, a like I said though, like a while ago, like I said that, like I can see the development of this game. I can see when they had time, they had stuff. Well, made, another thing they mentioned, and then I like, see when it lulled, like in the how, middle of the game, it just hits kind of a, it's kind of a bore. It's just kill. Well, that's go how to this area. That's how Ken Levine designs a lot of his games. He does it on the fly. He was talking about this whole time through the development of Bioshock. Like they were kind of building like the tracks as they were you know going down it like they they were constantly changing things uh on the fly and like coming up with different story beats and everything so i could i could definitely see like you know they didn't i don't think they had it planned out from the origin like they even said they wanted to start with the gameplay and figure out the story later so like the the main thing that they were focused on was the gameplay and then they kind of built the world and the story as they were going. So like maybe yeah. that it's a know, great game, it, maybe but it, it could have been, it could have well. benefited on a cliffhanger episodic kind of approach, you know, but whatever. I mean, it's just, when you play the ending, it just seems like it's just, can wow, we talk that... about, let's just talk about the twist right now. Okay. Sure. Cause so, yeah. Cause I mean, so good. yeah, this is, I mean, it's just 
considered one of the like the best twists well, how fucked up is ryan game stories. like everybody yeah. is opposing him because he's going crazy he starts like crucifying them almost and he's like putting him he's, like i got a spot for you on this wall but it's like he knows this is his son though like he just knows it's right doesn't he know that it's his kid i'm assuming so. yes he does so, yeah. he's aware of who you are but you yeah. also i think he says he makes a comment about you being like you know that you were gen- gen- genetically altered so like yeah a different it's not like you were the son he had and grown up and did stuff with you're this you were created i think he makes some kind of comment about you being created so he didn't okay that's how I look. That's how I, I think they spent the look at it. But yeah, it's a, it's a fucked up scene. So well, I, well, I guess the twist. Uh, Atlas, who's been leading you on the whole way, saying, "Save me, wife. Save me, baby." <laughs> and then I, I'm, assu- well, yeah, you I'm think assuming his he's, family got blown up. Like, I'm assuming a smart move. That was cool. Like I felt. I'm bad, assuming but, he blew mm-hmm, up that old, his, his own thing. That's how he did it. No, Ryan blew it up. There just was nobody in. There was oh, just, there was no kid in there or now. wife. It was just people. I think. So after that, you know, after that, he's got you on a would you kindly go kill Andrew Ryan kind of right. binge. So you get all the way to Ryan after all this bullshit, <laughs> and then Ryan's in his office playing golf and he walks out, and he's giving you the speech about how you're actually brainwashed into. Uh, well, you find a room before you get to Andrew Ryan's with would you kindly like, right? Spray yeah, painted on the written wall, written in blood or whatever. That was cool. Was. And that you was like to a, a couple audio a logs. Yeah. Audio mm-hmm. logs talk about how they brainwash people and stuff like that. And then Andrew Ryan basically kind of controls you for a couple seconds and then hands you a golf club and you proceed to bash his skull in. So like <laughs> I don't I guess I don't understand the scene really. Like, did he want you to kill him? Like because he, he kept I think he saying, knew he lost. Like, yeah. I think this okay. is his the way I look at it is his dream, his world is destroyed. It's in ruins. He okay. doesn't care anymore. And the reason that you exist is to destroy him because you have the same genetic code that he does, which they need to. Because he's self-destructing the place right before you kill him. Like he just, he's like, he knew he was gonna die. Yeah, anyways. my dream is over with. So you're all gonna die because I can't have my life. Essentially. <laughs> Got it. Okay, that yeah. makes much more sense. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like that's one thing. I mean, uh, this was my first playthrough. So There's a I, lot going on while you're killing fucking splicers. Yeah, I was well, especially after the twist. Like I was starting to like rush through the game just to kind of get to the end. Podcast. Um, yeah, for the <laughs> podcast, <laughs> no, but also completely. also just because like I don't know, like Brandon said, after the the twist, the second half of that game. I mean, it's it's kind of like the back third of the game is yeah. less interesting. I just don't think the, Fontaine first half. isn't interesting enough. He got annoying to me. Yeah, he, he gets. He like, does get. Yeah. he's just cheesy. Annoying. Like, and then he starts taking away your fucking health and your plasmid powers and shit. I thought that was kind of cool, where you started to get like the random plasmids. You know, when you didn't have control over what uh, plasmids you were taking, I thought that was kind of a cool right. mechanic. You got ones that you didn't have. Strategy. Like, yeah, I, you got ones that you didn't have or ones that you never used. My idea was like this would have been cool if they did this in the first hour of the game because if you're just curious of what all the plasmids would be like, just give us like force us to use it for like thirty minutes of gameplay where it's just randomly like and then you're like that way when I go and I have money to buy a power, oh I could use that one because I remember liking that in the beginning. Get it like as a little yeah, demo, point. but. Again, and like these is- guys are just making the shit up on the fly. They probably added that at the end. It's like, hey, let's add that. And not thinking, oh, if we had more time, we should have done that because it would move and change things. But 
I mean, that's why it's, you know, it's just a weak, weak villain at the end, weak boss fight video. Thought, just yeah, feels the very ending was the weakest rushed. part, for sure. It was like, cool, like, being the big daddy, though, for a little bit. Yeah, but, like, you weren't, it was, I mean, all you, you weren't, like, actually the big daddy. It was weird like, how that hell Escorting the little, but escorting the little girl was so fucking annoying. Escort so. missions always <laughs> suck. <laughs> I lost so slow. Get on my fucking back, and we'll go to the next body. Well, at least Bioshock w- 2, they can get on your back. Okay, I will so say, you have played 2 then, right? Yeah, I haven't finished okay, it yet. Okay, because 2 does that escort thing. Every time you go to rescue a ba- one of the little sisters, you have to go and watch her and defend her like yeah, you did in this like game. Hell. I don't Every like Bioshock time. too much. I, got, oh, I, want, thing, I want the story, but I don't like the gameplay at all. I hate <laughs> I escort missions, but I will I, I will defend to. this one because if they die, you can just get another one. Like it's not like you have to restart the entire mission, which yeah. I really appreciated. Like I was really scared if that little sister died, I would have to do this whole fucking sequence again, <laughs> you, which wasn't the case. You notice what's on the syringe that they use? You notice the baby bottle nipple thing ever? No, I didn't. No. Pull up a picture of the little sister and their syringe. It has a a, a bottle nipple like a baby bottle on there and they suck it sometimes they suck the atom out what? look oh, it yeah, up you'll see what okay. i mean I, yeah it's real once you realize it it's like what the fuck they did just yeah it's a word if oh i do see it that is real creepy mm-hmm. um, i didn't notice it right away and then I, I played this too much at this point and i'm like what the fuck and yeah it, if we, it's messed up if we can back up really quick about Sorry. the the sort <laughs> the story decision like you get to fontaine and he like Whoops! I'm behind a door that only little sisters can get through, and you've got Tenenbaum yapping in your ear like, "We're gonna turn you into one of those disgusting big daddies," and like, "There's no way back," and you have to. You're gonna smell like shit. You're gonna sound like an asshole. <laughs> well, <laughs> it looks like you have to like actually like physically modify yourself to, because you're not. Well, yeah, not like the larynx talks. modifier thing. So you're fucking up your throat, like. So you're going from a normal person, and we're going to be like, oh, we want to see these little kids. Well, yeah, remember but I said that. From Dr. here Suchan. on out, all you're going to do is be able to go, Ugh. and that's yeah. it. That's, every time you get shot, you just go, <laughs> like, dude, well, like, uh, come on. Sorry, I blew out your ears right there. <laughs> that no, that's fine. Uh, so, Doctor Suchung. That's what I was saying earlier. He takes people and then he like melds them together yeah. with the suit. So that's what you basically are having done to you. I sort think that was a really cool. But I think it's a cool mechanic though that if you do the voice one first, you will whenever you get shot, you'll have that deep sound. Yeah. And then for the rest of the game, you get you the do boots. That. Yeah, and you get and you get the boots. You're running. Mm-hmm. But like you're, you're you just becoming a big. You're not doing it for the whole game. I mean, you're, you just become a big daddy. And then I you... wish there was more to that though. There, nothing really happens other than like it changes your fucking viewport. That and, that I mean, was annoying. Get, like, a, yeah, which is I, I'm talking from a gameplay perspective. Like, it, there's a 25 percent damage reduction or whatever once yeah. you get the once you get the suit. I don't. On, but, he like, doesn't. I wish there was more. He doesn't really become a big daddy. More as he puts on the suit. Yeah, or, he like, puts the suit on. The regular big daddies were forced into the suit. And like brainwashed and forced, it wasn't a good thing to become a big dad. You were augmented, right. you were chained, you were. I mean, it was a punishment. Like if you in from the diaries, maybe not in this one, but in two, they talk about the people that are undesirables or unwantables. They took them and forced them. You know, they'd be thrown in a cell and then become a big dad. A big dad. Like it's a huge uh, punishment. He was yeah. He was more like disguising himself. Yeah, he as just. A big that's daddy. why, except for the voice part, where you see the little metal thing come out and like fuck you up. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, he's going the rest of his life, and that's literally all he can say for the rest of his life. And the, is... the good ending... I wouldn't think he would have to do that. He could just pretend, make the noise, you know? Uh... <laughs> oh, I mean, the good ending is the canon ending, too, of the series. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would think. He, nuclear, it is. Nuclear war. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, plus the way that... Yeah, sure. <laughs> the way the rest of the series goes, that out of the three games, yeah, this is the that's the correct ending of canon. Yeah, just good. Something cool. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up. I, I mean, I like the whole Fort Frolic sequence with Sander Cohen and everything. I thought he was a, <laughs> a, an interesting character. He had to go around and kill all these different people for his collage thing or whatever. He's one but, fucked up person. It's cool because if you, I mean, after that whole sequence, you have the option to kill him. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, you'll see him later. You'll find his apartment in Apollo Heights, and he'll be there. Oh, and oh yeah. yeah. And you'll you actually him. get an achievement if you find his apartment. You know, because I think if you kill him, like you can't do that or something. If I remember, well, that correctly. makes sense. You get like a that chest. There was a chest that was in like a tube or whatever with a lock yeah. on it. Yeah. You just get that basically, and it wasn't even that good. And it was just well, money and ammo. You can also once you find him in his apartment, I you have to kill him because he gets mad at you for breaking his, into his apartment or whatever. <laughs> so I killed him, and you get the key to the chest once you kill him. At, at that point, so you, if you wanted to, oh, you could you could go all the way back. That would there. be so disappointing. That would be. I thought oh, about okay. it. But I I was just curious, so I looked it up after the fact. I'm like, oh, there wasn't really anything cool in there. No, I thought there would be like a, too a, much. a special plasmid or something. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. But it's nothing that good. Okay, well, I'm glad I didn't spend the time to go all the way back there. <laughs> but I thought that was a cool little thing that you like get to see his apartment and then like fight him in a later a later sequence. If you don't, I'm kill surprised him. the game doesn't have you transport back and forth Metroidvania style. Like you do in later well, games. You don't That's need space, to go back to previous uh, areas no, at you don't. all. And I thought you would. You have the option, but you, you don't need to. mainly if you miss Little Sisters to let you go back and get them. That's the right. main purpose of it. Because yeah. you can skip them if you don't go and get them. And right. then... Well, they, they really like hound you. Like, if you leave now... You are missing little sisters, and you will. It will be difficult if you don't get this because atom. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I got <laughs> I mean, enough. You could fuck yourself. Essentially, the idea is that if you didn't get the atom, upgrade your abilities. If you're playing like yeah. the hard difficulties, you're oh, you're definitely not on the make hard. It. Right? Yeah. If you're playing on hard, yeah. Medium, I was on I easy, really and I had this ability where, like, if I get whacked, they get electrocuted, and <laughs> if I they would die and easy, yep. they just die. And oh. like, you idiot. So I was basically <laughs> immortal. Yeah. I used to know That's the Big it. Daddies, too. They would hit me, and then they shock themselves, and then i go up and hit them. Yeah. Yep, yep. I used the same thing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the only time, I, like I said, I was playing on medium. It, it got a little bit tough at the end because I was running out of ammo, and I, like, there was a point, I think it was, like, Apollo Heights with all the apartments and everything. There was just so many enemies, and I couldn't find a vending machine that, and I was out of money, so I couldn't buy any first aid kits. So I kept dying and getting transported back to the vita chambers and everything so that annoyed me a little bit but once i got past that i was you know i got enough money and stuff to buy buy more crap so but that's one thing the ending was pretty easy i like the scavenging for items i think that's something that as i play through this whole series like when i don't like an infinite you don't scavenge I love scavenging. I love. I do up. like Mike, opening. Like, you and I are on opposite all the shit. sides of this because <laughs> Infinite was made for me. The character talks, and I don't have to scavenge because like Elizabeth can just do it for me, and I can just play the game and experience the story. Because like I 
hate you scavenging in games. You don't have any plasmids in Infinite, do you? It's just guns, you have right? ton- tonics. I think there. I should know. I should yeah, know. they call them tonics. Okay. Yeah, I think. So. Yeah, or vigors, yeah. vigors. Sorry, vigors. Yes. Oh. Nice memory. Yeah, because I Athens remember playing. I remember playing Infinite, and I I like this game. I feel like I liked this more than Infinite. Um, but. And I played Infinite so long ago, it was close to yeah, replay like, Infinite. first so like, oh. replace, replayed it. But like towards the end, it was again like all I'm doing here is, is shooting dudes. I just want to get to the end of the game, like, and that's kind of why I rushed. Through yeah, the, you know, through the towards the end, I I was just rushing, getting wanting to get to the the next arrow and get to the end of the game. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you part know. of that rush is what you were doing as a guy who has plenty of experience with that. Like when you have a deadline for 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 a game that you're playing, it, it does alter it in a sense, especially if you don't do it very often. Mm-hmm. So that I, I think that could have been part of it too. I mean, I won't. I mean, the end of this game is very much like that, where it just it you're ready for it to be done. I mean, especially yeah. after Apollo Square and you're running around all these fetch quests, go get this item, and it, I think you really that, are ready to be especially, done. Especially especially at the the Prometheus, uh, whatever, where you're getting the Big Daddy stuff. I I just want to. I'm like shit. I got to go to these. Three separate areas and find these stupid parts. I played this game when it came out, man, and I remember struggling to finish it because I rented it from Blockbuster, and I crushed hmm. it in the first week. And then, like, I was getting ready to play like that next weekend, and I was just like, you know what? I'm just not in the mood, and I had to like return it the next week. And I remember like, all right, I gotta return it, so I gotta finish this game. And I remember just like, this is just boring to me. Like, I like the audio, I like the story, I like looking around, but I didn't like the gameplay then the gameplay didn't doesn't change from like the beginning of the game like it's just yeah it's, that's what i'm saying kill dudes, unless you like turrets like unless you dramatically change up your like plasmids that you're using and the guns that you're right. using like yeah like you said it, it kind of stays the same the whole time and like you have end, to use the electric bolt in this area done. they don't do yeah. that they don't force anything on you but sometimes they'll make you melt ice like that's I wish is that's the thing. And I like, wish I was like creative. more puzzles and and stu- right. you know environmental puzzles to. Do I think they like wanted their, to. Their abilities. I think yeah. they wanted to again, but I like I said, they just probably ran out of time. I think they had to get this out, and then they added stuff as much as they could. But I, I just thought, and especially now, I just see so many missed opportunities. But I, like you said in the very beginning of this episode, the star of this is Rapture, and I think nobody's mm-hmm. going to deny that it's a place we want to see. I want to see a fucking TV show. That yes. takes place in Rapture well, for those yeah. ten years, yeah, up into just give me characters. They get in, they get out, whatever. I don't care. You can have a rift where Elizabeth comes in for an episode and she leaves. I don't care. But just give me like ten. Give me, give me like those ten years as a show on HBO. Make it violent, make it dark, and show the the, the fall of it, and it leads up to the big massacre. And then the game ends, and then there's an airplane flying over as the credits of the show starts, and you just see the airplane, and that starts Bioshock One, right? Give me that. Well, it's just it's just so interesting because, like, anytime you see like a window, you just want to go out and look at you know yeah. the city out there. Cause I definitely it stopped just looks and looked. So cool and looks so interesting. Or know? the shadow of fish on the floor because they're mm-hmm. coming from above, and it's just like they're just swimming on the floor. I'm like, it looks cool even now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the the concept of the rapture and everything. The and world the music, so cool. like the era. So like the music, like the era of songs that they pick. There's some good. Just goes with some this. Bobby Darin. Yeah. Some classics. Ah. Mm-hmm. Love that. Well, let me hit you. It, this started out apparently. The original idea was it's going to take place on a spaceship, like the System Shock games. But they, early on, they decided no, this needs to be 
a more interesting environment. So they, the they went with the underwater. And then the art deco theme is just apparently the art deco style fits very well for a video game because it's like hard geometric shapes. So it's not a ton of modeling that oh. they have to do. And so that was a main a main reason why they chose that style for this world because it's very easy to model that type of architecture. Well, they nailed it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anything else we wanted to talk about? I feel like we've been talking for a while here. We've covered just about everything. I think I've said everything I've wanted to say. No, but Mike and I are going to one day have to have a conversation about <laughs> Bioshock Infinite because I am... <laughs> How dare you say that? <laughs> That's a lot of horrible things, I know. I haven't played that one in so long. I want to go back now. But I got to finish two, though, because I can't say anything, because you've all played them all, and I do yes. need to finish two, and I'm like halfway into two. Two gets a lot of hate because it wasn't original like this one is, but it's a better, it controls better than, than this okay. one okay. The story just isn't as good. Okay. But it's more Rapture. More but, Rapture. And it's years later, after all this shit hit the fan, it shows you how, I mean, the city's still there because it's not going to go anywhere. They didn't blow it right. up. So it just shows mm-hmm. you kind of what happens to the people years later. I think it's, okay. a, I think it's a couple years later. They're all happy singing around campfires, singing Kumbaya. Mm-hmm. No. They're still splicing, no. that's for sure. <laughs> still yep. splicing. Cool. And well, it also shows you more about the little sisters. Like, one thing that, it isn't in this game, but like when the little sisters are saying, Angel, come here, and they're stabbing the guy. Yeah. They don't see the world as you see it. They, they've been, the way that they've been warped, they see everything completely different. Okay. Which you see in that. two, which is something that kind of yeah. like, I'm, I'm sure the idea was there in this game too. Like, just the way that they, if you listen to the way the little sisters talk, mm-hmm. they, the big daddies, everything looks completely different to them than what it looks like in reality. They've been drug-induced or however, and they don't okay. see it that way. And that's something that's interesting to hmm. put out there. Hmm. I'll have to add that to the play. I got the collection now. I can go back and play them anytime yeah, I, I want. I need to play. So. Yeah, I, def- I definitely time. want to play two. <laughs> you should. Take a break, though. Yeah, I, I will take a break after one, and then I'll play two eventually. Yeah, I would actually... take a break, though. I honestly would say go read into Bioshock Infinite's DLC stuff because they just they even though it's you know it's the Infinite kind of era, they I what I and I didn't finish it but I did enjoy what I did especially the first part because you're playing Booker but you're in Rapture and you're like a detective <laughs> and you see Rapture when it was like la di da and beautiful yeah. so it's actually kind of cool. It also completely wraps up the story of what with Bioshock Infinite and this it completely it does a sure. very good job putting the putting a bow on it. I don't want to talk There's about Booker. I don't stuck like out the there. ending. So that's a whole I a do. Whole story. I think it's genius. Gonna, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> yep, that's another episode. Episode 100. <laughs> episode 100. Mark it, mark it on the calendar. Yep. I'll come uh, back if you guys want to talk about it. <laughs> I'll gladly right. do it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to have you on again for Infinite. Um, well, that was a lot of Bioshock talk. Um, with that, we will wrap up Act 2 and move on to Act 3. Where we will be playing a game. <laughs> I have to keep you in suspense. Uh, we'll be back after this break. Would you so kindly? Would you kindly? If I didn't care, more than words can say. If I didn't care, would I feel this way? If this isn't love 
what makes my head go round and round while my heart stands still if I didn't care. And we are back with Act 3. This time we're bringing back an old favorite for the game section. We're doing a little bit of Metacritic Mayhem. Oh, okay. It's an easy one. It's a quick one. Um, But... Uh, Bioshock came out in the year 2007. Yeah, which was a banger year. of yeah. a fucking year That's for video games. Let me just let me just read you some games here: Super Mario Galaxy, um, The Orange Box, Bioshock, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare, Halo 3, uh, Elder Scrolls: Oblivion, God of War 2, Guitar Hero 2, Rock Band, Crisis, Mass Effect, like. Portal. Oh, well, that was in the orange box. Assassin's Creed, uh, too, right? Uncharted, Drake's Fortune. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy the amount of games that came out in 2007. But we're not, I'm not going to do any of those, you know, critically acclaimed <gasps> games because mm. I figured those would be a little bit too easy. Those are all in like the 90s. Yeah. Um, so I picked some, <laughs> some other games from 2007. Not necessarily, not, not saying they're all bad, but, you know, they're lesser than the, the ones I just named there. So, okay. Um, but these all to keep in mind, all these games came out in the year 2007. Okay. Um, so if I didn't even explain the game, because nope. I don't know if Mike knows how nope, it works Mike does not. or anybody listening <laughs> <laughs> Metacritic mayhem. I chose, I have chosen five games, um, that are all rated on Metacritic and it's pretty simple. You guys basically just have to guess what the Metacritic score is of the video game and whoever gets the closest gets a point. That's it. And I win. Yep, and you win. <laughs> Dave wins. Whoever wins goes to space camp. Space! Uh, all right, we'll start with the first game here. This game is Crackdown. And the platform is Xbox 360. What was the Metacritic score for Crackdown? 84. Okay, we got Mike with 84. I think it was pretty well well received back then. I'm going to go... Oh, man. 84 is a good guess. I'm going to go 86. Okay. Team Brandon is going to go 76. Okay. What did you say, Dave? 86? 86. Ooh, wow. Mike... You were almost exactly on. It was an 83. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, wow. that that game a, did, it did good. People liked it when it came yeah. out. I liked it. It's still good. Yeah, better than three. <laughs> I never so, played yeah. three or two. You didn't miss anything. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah, stayed away on. I own two. I was going to say. I, I think I feel like uh, I feel like we normally go with Metacritic Mayhem. If you get it exactly on, you get like a bonus point. So we'll 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 reinstate that rule, um, but that was close, almost bang on for Mike. So that's one point for Mike. Uh, next game is Burnout Dominator. What the? I don't even know what Dominator. this is. Yeah, it came out for the PlayStation Two. It's that's I, why I don't I don't know what it's it's in the Burnout series. I want to say no, it's like I miss Burnout number games. three. Three takedown. I thought is that okay? Bro, Either it might be number two, two? then. 
Okay, Revenge well, is like four or something like that. This is probably this like game it came out in two thousand seven. Takedowns okay, so is the this, best burnout game. Uh, so most likely this was a situation where they had like the main series on like the new consoles, but since you have a PS two and PS two is such a big market, they just churned something out and threw it out. So I'm gonna guess yeah, yeah, yeah. seventy one. Okay, seventy one for Mike. You want it, Brandon? You want me to go? Just throw them out there. I'm going to go, just because we've never heard of it, I'm going to say 54. Uh, I'll, I'll go with a 78. Oh, wow. Upper. <sighs> oh, boy. It's in the Burnout series. I don't know what to do here. Um, <laughs> the score is 76. Hey, we... So I guess Dave and Mike both get a point. Because oh, okay. they were both too off. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Give it to me. Because I was way off. <laughs> Give it to Brandon. Brandon, you get negative five points. No! <laughs> you are going to slap yeah. the burnout name on a game. It's got to be at least decent, I think. I would well, think. this was this was the only burnout game that was not developed by Criterion Games. So this was not by the oh. original developer of the okay. burnout series. Okay. Um, which was interesting. And it did not feature crash mode, so this must be a sucky game because crash mode is the best mode in <laughs> it's Burnout. Probably just that whole idea that we just have to make something for the market. Yeah, I miss the Burnout series. Paradise was actually really good. I replayed Paradise that a couple of years ago. I love Paradise, but Takedown will always be the best one in my mind. Never played any of them. I own multiple copies. Never played. What? Them. Oh, get on it! <laughs> uh, all right, we got Dave at one and Mike at two. Okay. Um, the next game is. The original Call of Juarez. <laughs> I've never played any of these games, but oh. I've heard okay things about them. I know. I don't know why the number 82 came to my head, so booyah. Okay. Brandon with an 82. 77. Okay. Man, you guys are. David. 82, 77. Count. This game looks sweet. You got a couple of Metacritic, sequels. they have like. I played the demo. Metacritic, it was. They fun. have little trailers. Uh, Going for each game, and this game looks actually pretty fun. I do remember playing. It was 360 game, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. They made a couple of them. It being decent, but I don't think it was that decent. Would you say, Brandon, 82? Brandon said 82. Mike, oh, Mike's got it pulled up right there. The 360 oh, nice version. <laughs> He's got this Call of Juarez handy, just in case you never know when you're going to need it. All right, I got all Brandon three handy. If you're curious, oh my yeah. god, never played a single one yet. Never will, but I got them. Never <laughs> will. <laughs> At least he knows. <laughs> uh, what you say, Mike, for your score, uh, Mike? What'd you 71, say? Seventy-one. I thought. I think. Okay. Seventy-seven. I thought. Se- no, he's right. Seventy-seven. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna okay. go. I'm gonna go lower. I'll go seventy-three. David, seven. The score was seventy-two. Oh. Nice. That's What's a point for Dave. All right. Two two. Two two Mike and Dave. I think Brandon, the opposite of what I'm feeling. Brandon, you gotta get you gotta get one bang on for these these <laughs> next two. There's two left. Um all right, two thousand seven. The next game is a game that holds a very special place in my heart. The original skate. <laughs> I'll take I'll go first 92. for one of these. What'd you say? Ninety two. Okay. 92. I'll go uh, 87. I will go <laughs> 88. <laughs> Brandon, you went the wrong direction. 
You should have went one lower than Dave. Uh, it's an 86. <laughs> oh. They did they did some crazy job, stuff because like Tony Hawk was so big before then and when skate came out they did like the the dual stick tricks. Yep. Yeah. Skate was like, a big deal. Oh, yeah. I fucking love skate. That's one of my oh, one of my favorite game series. Can't wait. If the I mean they're supposedly developing Skate 4. Um we'll see when that comes out. Isn't but... it EA though? Yeah, yeah, it is EA. Yeah, it's been I mean it's been EA since the beginning. I mean, if, so. it's going to be like if you want to do a trick Eric. Please buy this. Oh, sick. A, a Dave is holding up Pax a deck. Skate 3. Skate 3. Oh, my God. Skate I want that. Deck. What is this? Show and tell? Yeah. Apparently, yes. I started I something. Mean, this is, this is not a video podcast, cool but this episode around. should be. I have a copy of this, <laughs> but it's too far away from cool me to read. <laughs> that was awesome. Check out my Bioshock underwear that I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dave's got three. Mike's got two. Brandon, you got a big fat zero. <laughs> well, so. I mean, so I, there's no, whatever. There's no way you could win this, I can but take away. you can, you I can, can get some redemption. Yeah. Get is some it like redemption Jeopardy where like the light turns off on me and I just stand there in the dark while <laughs> the other people play? <laughs> I always thought that was weird. Just is that when you have, you have negative points when you go shame. into Final Jeopardy? Yeah. And they just, <laughs> just black you out. That's great. It's just not there. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, you silencer mics. Get out of here. Don't look at me. <laughs> All Stas. right. Last game. Um... We're going with Lego Star Wars, the complete saga for the Xbox wow. 360. 87. 87. Look, 87 for Mike. This had to be a high one, I feel like. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go lower. Uh, I'm going to go with a 85. Okay. I'll 87, go lower 85. and I'll go 84. You son <laughs> of a bitch. Dirty. Brandon? The price is right. Technique paid off this time. <laughs> the score is an 80. Okay. Uh, yeah. So a little lower than I was expecting. Yeah, that is lower. I, that, that's lower, but still good. Yep. So that is an 80 on Metacritic. Brandon, you didn't get shut out. So Brandon with one point. <laughs> Dave with three. Mike with two. David, yeah. going to space camp. Oh, Pack space my bag. Congrats. Congrats. Space. Nice. Have fun. Bye. Bye. Uh, yeah, that was that was a super fun episode. I'm glad that I finally got around to playing Bioshock because I mean that's been one that's been on my list for a long yeah, time. It's a big game hole yeah. that you had. You need to play yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. I'm it was cool really revisiting, man. I mean, it's definitely worth revisiting if you haven't done it in a while. Like, it's definitely cool. You know, if nostalgia kicks in, it's definitely not gonna ruin it. You're gonna be like, yeah, it was good. I, I want to play more. You know, that usually happens when you revisit some of these movies or games. You want to do the sequel. And I mean, Mike, you're saying, you know, two's worth finishing. Does the ending, is the ending worth experiencing, though? Like, I'm probably like halfway, I think. I mean, I'm very big about just finishing anything that you get, especially that far in. What do you, yeah. When's the last time you played it, too? If it's two? More than, if it, well, Less no. than a year. Oh, okay. Brandon, how long has it been since you played? Two, uh, December. Oh, okay. Then I guess you can restart it. I was going to say, if it's been more than like six months to a year, I'm like, you got to start that all over at the beginning. Like, you can't just jump back in. Depends on the game. I mean, The Witcher, I've had the same save. Witcher 3, I've had the same save. (laughs) So it came out. I just go back every like couple years and chip away at it a little bit. Same. Which reminds me, I got to go back and revisit that game and work on it a little bit. 2017, I haven't played in five years, but. Yep. Yep. 
never gonna play again. Uh, uh, sure. Well, at this point, Mike, I'll give you a chance to just plug what uh, your show's been up to and tell a little bit of our fans uh, what you got in store for oh. the next next couple weeks. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> I do a, <laughs> a retro gaming podcast mostly. We it's kind of like a game club. We do different games. We cover movies. We cover comics. Right now, the Current episodes coming up be Donkey Kong Country 2, Rise of Tomb Raider, and nice. Kingdom Hearts for the main episodes. And I don't know what else is coming up for movies and stuff because I alter that all the time. So, But that's what's coming up right now. And That'll all be what? out by the time this episode comes out. <laughs> well, when you, you guys release this, what, pretty quickly after? Or a week? A couple yeah, days. Like okay, so you're days, a roofie. Sunday, yeah. Yeah, we record on Tuesdays, usually release on Sundays. Um, Sunday at the latest. And Giant. the name of your show, Mike? Oh, games my mom found. I guess I didn't say <laughs> that, but I was supposed to. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. Have you played Kingdom Hearts before? In 2002. Okay. And I had not touched it out. since then, and the game reeks of 2002. <laughs> yeah. Or just, yeah, or just reeks. It's a little tough to go yeah, back. Yeah, it just reeks. Yeah. Well, Brandon and Dave uh, are always cuckoo in Kingdom Hearts. I have some nostalgia for that. Yeah. But I'm liking it, I, but it's it's stuck in the past. I'm playing the maybe PS2 one day version. if we do the show long enough, I'll get Brandon and Dave to. <laughs> you really think you're gonna get them to play a thirty hour game? I don't know about <laughs> that. And I don't <laughs> no, not happening. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, well, that about wraps it up for us. Uh, I'll just do our little plug in. You can follow us at Nomads of Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram. As always, you can email us, nomadsoffantasy at gmail.com. You can visit the nomadsoffantasy.com. Find us on all your podcast platforms, all that good stuff. Tell a friend. Um, Any final comments? Don't tell people what to do. Nah. No? I'm good. That's it? Play more games. All right. (laughs) All right. With that, safe travels, nomads. Beyond the sea Somewhere Stands on golden sand and watches the ships that go sailing somewhere beyond the sea. She's there watching for me. If I could fly like birds on high, then straight to her arms. overcome my final defense and now he's come to murder me in the end what separates a man from a slave money power no a man chooses a slave obeys you think you have memories a farm a family 
an airplane. A crash. And then this place. Was there really a family? Did that airplane crash? Or was it hijacked? Forced down. Forced down by something less than a man, something bred to sleepwalk through life until they are activated by a simple phrase spoken by their kindly master. Was a man sent to kill or a slave? A man chooses. A slave obeys. Come in. Get this. Would you kindly find that? Would you kindly find that? Would you kindly find that? Would you kindly get this? Would you kindly head to Ryan's office and kill the son of a bitch? Sit. Would you kindly? Stand. Would you kindly? Run. Stop. Turn. A man chooses. A slave obeys. Oh, bad! 